and welcome to those who are watching online. So I'm just talking to the camera for a second, Bob. This is Bob uh, to my right. And uh, for this morning on the, what's today? 28th of April, um, in church this morning, rather than a, a normal length message, we have been uh, having some discussion around Mark chapter 16, verses 14 to 20, using a discovery Bible study method. That's all right, I'm just talking to the camera. <laughs> and, um, and so if you're watching this online, what I'd love you to do is to just pause Pause the video for a second, have a read of, I'm just talking to the camera guys, that's okay. <laughs> have a read of Mark chapter 15, 16 verses 14 to 20. And are those questions on the screen, what does this say about God and what does this say about us? As well as um, how could you put this practice uh, into practice in your life? Is um, are some great questions to discuss and you can do that anytime. So um, pause the video and um, have a discussion and then... Um, when, when you um, unpause the video, uh, I'm going to have Bob share and those in the room share what they've been learning today. Alrighty. So for those in the room who thought I was talking to you and the mic was off, we're just uh, telling those who are watching the recording or listening to the podcast what we were doing. Um, anybody uh, on the tables have a highlight they want to share? One main thing that jumped out of them? Just shout it out from where you are if you did. Anything astounding that you found this says about God? I think um, one of the things that jumped out to me was uh, the fact that there was disunity amongst the disciples. Yeah, there was disunity in faith among the disciples. And that was uh, based Down on to. some having seen him, some not. Some saw him, some didn't, yeah. Yeah, it brought the disciples together. Yeah, we're here. Yes, indeed, we're here today, 2,000 years later. What about what it said about us? Any, anything jump out from that perspective? We were talking about sometimes it, sometimes it takes us a while to catch on. <laughs> That's one thing. Yeah, sometimes we're complacent and comfortable. That's true. Anybody have any life-changing ways you're going to put this into practice now? Snake handling course, anyone? No. Well, yeah, we live in Australia. I know you were apparently baby Jew guy near our place the other day. It was a bit scary. Uh, well, I hope that um, this, this method of Bible study, just asking those simple questions, can be quite powerful, and um, I hope that it's something you can uh, continue to do, whether, you, there's a, whether it be in your, your family setting or um, with a group of friends. Uh, maybe some of you already do it. Um, what we're going to uh, do just uh, to close today is uh, I'm going to uh, ask um, Bob to share a little bit with us as um, what he uh, has come to see this, this passage uh, look like in his life and the lives of others he, he journeys with. Um, so thanks for being with us, Bob. And for those who are listening to the podcast, uh, Bob's a friend of mine who um, uh, meets with um, a group of local pastors in the area. We call him Pastor at Large. <laughs> and uh, and so, Bob, I was just wanted to ask you this morning, basically, how do you think this applies, this passage that we've read, how do you think it applies to us today as followers of Jesus and how do we live it out practically? And I think you're going to share a little of what you've seen. I am. <clears throat> when I read this, I ask myself the question, 
Um, what is God saying to me specifically? Um, and I, I actually treated this um, as if I was doing myself um, a discovery Bible study. And um, can I, I just want to say this, that <clears throat> before I do that, I, 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 I pray specifically that God will speak to me that if, and that he will give me um, clear direction, something that he wants me to obey, and I've been stressing this. Um, <clears throat> but it is important as we go to do the study that we, that we ask God to really speak to us. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things out of your law, the scripture says, and, uh, and I, I always make sure, <clears throat> uh, I pray specifically that God will really speak to me. And... Uh, and actually, he did. <clears throat> when I um, when I began to look at the <clears throat> the passage, there was one verse that stood out to me, and that's verse fifteen. He said to them, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation." As simple as that. And um, <clears throat> as I thought about that, I, I asked myself the question: Well, how? <clears throat> How has God required me to obey this verse? Um, and just to fill in a little bit about my background, um, I was my father, I come from New South Wales, my father, a lovely town called Barrel, um, and um, my father was an estate agent and I was with him in the business for a while, but God called me uh, to leave the business. It would have been very nice financially, mind you, but... Um, <clears throat> um, but God called me into training and ministry in, in, to be a pastor. Um, I was in northern New South Wales for a while. Then I was called to be the pastor of a church, a Baptist church here in Perth. Um, and then I married over here. And then uh, again, God called us to, to Borneo, to East Malaysia, Sarawak and Sabah, etc., as missionaries. Um, that's in the past. Um, what I have been doing recently, <clears throat> fulfilling the command to go into all the world, not literally, of course, to every part, but, but, but to, to, to go into the world. I met a friend by the name of Andrew Beale. Andrew is, uh, or was an Anglican minister. God called him out of that to um, become what he would call an urban missionary. Um, working in the city here in Perth, but specifically called him uh, to work amongst the gay community. And um, <clears throat> it's a very difficult ministry, but um, Andrew has been doing this for some time. And about four or five years ago, he asked me to, <clears throat> to go along. He had a meeting in the court hotel. Um, it was every Sunday, I think, every Sunday afternoon at that stage. and. Uh, um, he asked me to go and share my testimony, share what God had, had done in, uh, in Sarawak and Sabah amongst the, uh, the tribal people. And um, I went there and uh, there was just a tremendous sense. I had a, a sense of rapport with the people uh, and um, <clears throat> God turned up. I won't go into all the details, but uh, we had a really good time. And I sensed God uh, calling me to continue to support Andrew. And so... I have ever since September for 19, uh, 1914, come on. <laughs> I, I'm not that old. <clears throat> uh, 2014, um, I, I have been uh, going with Andrew to the, to the court hotel. We have a little Bible study amongst a small group. Um, and in 
that's one way in which I have sought to go into the world and a different part of the world, I assure you, um, <clears throat> to, to share the good news of the, of the gospel of Jesus. Um, then something happened recently. Um, I'm part of a team that works with Andrew Beale. There's about a dozen of us. Um, we have prayer time together. We have a threefold focus on prayer, mission and unity. And um, one of the men who is part of that team is a man by the name of Lawrence. Um, Lawrence is a, a much younger man than I um, and um, quite a gifted man, quite intellectual. But God has called him to leave. He had a, a staff position in one of the, late, one of the churches here in Perth, uh, but God has called him out of that and um, he is, uh, has a burden to make disciples who make disciples, who make disciples. In other words, what is called the disciple, uh, DMM, disciple-making ministry. And um, he has recently gone to uh, Myanmar and uh, uh, taught a couple of young guys <coughs> to train them to uh, in turn train others and then and had a tremendous time there. He's also... <coughs> chooses to go and to talk to people in places like uh, shopping centres. And um, as I've spent time with him, uh, we pray together. A group of us, the team, comes together for prayer every Wednesday from 6am till 6pm. People come and go, but some of us uh, pray uh, for some time together. And um, as we were doing that, God began to, began to challenge me about reaching out and going to the people, um, my neighbourhood, around the people round about me. And uh, I finally said to, to Lawrence, uh, I think I should go with you. You can train me, you can do, um, um, you can show me what you do. <coughs> and so on Friday afternoon, this last Friday, two days ago, we went to the Carousel Shopping Centre and um, looking around, um, First of all, praying very much that God would lead us simply to talk to people and to be, to be able to share the gospel with them. But Lawrence has a particular method he uses, which he calls reverse testimony. Reverse testimony. So what he does, <coughs> um, what, this is what happened. We, we <coughs> prayed as we walked through the Carousel Shopping Centre looking for um, somebody uh, obviously, uh, <clears throat> hopefully a male and not a female, um, but uh, and, and just somebody to start talking to. And uh, we, we sat down with one man and uh, began a conversation. His wife came along soon afterwards, and so uh, off he went. Um, Lawrence talked to one other man or said something, and he had one-word response, which wasn't very encouraging. Um, <clears throat> so we got up and started walking again, and then we saw somebody... Uh, and the, the new carousel, I hadn't been there before, but the new carousel is really nice, to, uh, very comfortable, comfortable seats to sit in. Um, we saw one man on his own and sat down and, and started talking. Um, we'll call him Richard. That's not his name, but we'll call him Richard. As we talked to him, he, he began to share... Um, 
He is a man who got his own business. He's um, works from his home, and um, he actually come from South Africa ten years ago. Loves Perth, thinks Perth's a wonderful place to live in, um, and so we began to, to hear. Uh, something about him, something about his life. We just asked questions um, and, um, and began to, to understand something about him. Um, he has something to do with engineering. He, he works from home but travels to, um, to, to, to businesses. And uh, as, he, as he talked, um, just sensed that um, there was something underneath there, something that... Um, yeah, he didn't actually say very much. Uh, he was very, he's very happy with his life to a degree. But we do, we we come to realise that the outward view, the outward look of people, there's very often something underneath, something hidden. Jesus said, "Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment." And um, we can see people looking on the outside, wonderful, life looks looks beautiful and all the rest of it but very often deep down within um, <clears throat> there are problems and family problems and all sorts of things as we talked to this man um, we just began to sense that uh, uh, we could share further with him and um, I think possibly uh, there could be something in the marriage relationship but uh, Nothing very clearly was said. Um, then, as we talked, I sensed an opportunity for me to share uh, with him um, something of a difficult time that I had been through in my life. Um, and, uh, and I shared how God, uh, what, what a difference God had made in my life and, and, and just the, the strength and, uh, um, well, the ability to carry on uh, uh, in that difficult time. He said to me, he asked a question, um, uh, did I come to know God because of that difficult time? In other words, I think he was trying to get at, uh, you know, is your religion, is your relationship with God just a crutch? Um, something that, that helped you in a time of need? And I said, well, no, it wasn't because I came to know Jesus at the age of nine um, and, um, and I've continued to follow him ever since. But then as we talked with him, Lawrence then shared his testimony. Uh, Lawrence is quite intellectual. He had a very dramatic, uh, he <coughs> experienced God in, a, in, a, in a, a different way, a very powerful way. A, a, a light came into his presence. He, he read Plato, actually, it's because he read Plato um, <coughs> that, that he, uh, he began to realize that there must be something, somebody, and, and, and began to, to think of God and to, and to invite this, whoever this was uh, to reveal himself to him, quite independently of anybody talking to him. He wasn't, he wasn't preached at, he wasn't witnessed to or anything, but he came to know God and, and then God led him on and <clears throat> come to a very powerful experience uh, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, by this time, as Lawrence spoke to him, Richard was giving his full attention to what he was saying. Um, turns out that Richard has a brother who's a pastor. <coughs> um, and um, he, the pastor, had had a, a quite an unusual experience in coming to know Christ as well. <coughs> it was very clear as we talked that, um, that the Spirit of God was at work. Finally, 
Lawrence, in, in talking with him, Lawrence offered to pray for him. And we sat there, we prayed with our eyes open, um, and, uh, and Richard finally said, I will never forget this conversation we've had today. And, um, and off he went. And we are praying for him. I personally believe I'm going to meet him in heaven. Um, why am I telling you this? I ask, I ask each one of us here today, are we praying for and positively looking for opportunities to witness? Jesus said, go into all the world. To which part of the world are you going? Your neighbour next door? The friend in the club that you belong to? Are you really seeking to win people to know Jesus? I have come to the uncomfortable conviction that I shall be doing more walking through shopping centres um, and looking for opportunities to sit down and talk with people. So the Lord challenged me, go into all the world, every part of the world, and preach the gospel to the whole creation. That challenge is yours as well as mine. Before we finish, um, I'm going to ask if anybody else here has any questions, but I'd, I'd love to know your, your thought um, on just one, one or two key things that you think um, are important um, to, to be able to sense what God is doing. Because, I mean, the, 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 the biblical principle of this is we look for where God is at work in people's lives and we, and we, we engage in that. But what do, what do you think? Yeah, I'll give you a, a minute to think about it. But, but what, do you, what do you think are one or two things that you've learned over, over the years to kind of be, be, be looking for the, where those opportunities are, basically, is what I'm saying, basically, those opportunities to reach out to people. One thing I've noticed journeying with guys like Bob and um, Joe's another um, retired um, pastor who meets with us and, and all of the other, most of the other pastors in the area are a little older than I am. One of the things I really appreciate is just hearing the, the journey that they are all on and hearing the um, experiences of people who have journeyed with Jesus a lot longer than I have. Did you say age of nine you came to know Jesus? So that's, that's a, that's, uh, yeah, that's a long time you've been walking with Jesus. But just, but just, uh, but yeah, 80 years. So just, but just observing, you know, how other people are seeing the work of God and, and responding to that, I think is something that is so important to teach us. At least that's what I find is just observing how God is at work and how they're responding in obedience um, in other people's lives. And then sometimes just imitating that and going, well, maybe I don't know exactly how to live this out, but I reckon I could copy what Bob's doing or I reckon I could copy what someone else is doing. Anyone else got any questions about how, you know, questions for Bob or, or myself of, you know, how do we live this out or how do we, how do we contextualise this passage? Maybe something that came out of your discussion or, or just something now. If you have any questions, just shout it out. We've only got a few minutes, but we can... While you're thinking, what's your thoughts on the question I asked you, Bob? I'm not an expert at doing that. However, um, I, I think we, we simply sense, or I simply 
try to sense in the spirit um, where and what, what what the Lord is saying to me, where he's directing me, or, or to the people that he's directing me to. Um, um, it was interesting, um, talking with Lawrence about this, um, he said, sometimes... <clears throat> Sometimes uh, I don't get any leading, but I still just go and ask, start talking to somebody. Um, so we don't always get a clear guidance as to who to talk to. Um, and, uh, but <coughs> um, for me, it, it is simply <coughs> something I sense in the spirit. Uh, I think the important thing is for me to be um, in a spirit of prayer, to have prayed and... Um, and since we have been having these extra times of prayer, Luke mentioned uh, on a Tuesday, four or five of us come for three hours here, the pastors from, from Canning Vale, and that's been a real, a real help. And then the other time I have for, with other, other people during the day on the Wednesday um, has simply, I guess, sharpened my sensitivity to the things of the Spirit. Uh, and so <clears throat> I think one of the major things is to, that... God is calling on us, especially in these days uh, of what is happening in the world, calling on us to be people of prayer um, in, in, far, in a far greater way, I think, perhaps than we've ever been before. Good answer. Any questions? No worries. Bob, you'll hang around if anyone wants to pick your brain. <laughs> Any questions now? You could ask, of course, <clears throat> in that passage in, uh, in Mark, chapter 16, is, um, is verse 17 really relevant today? It says, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They'll drive out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll pick up snakes. Really, does God want us to be snake handlers or... Um, with their hands and when they drink deadly poison it will not hurt them at all they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well well you might say well some of those might apply um, actually I, I picking up snakes I, I thought about that one and th thought don't think that's very relevant but then I was reminded that actually that's what happened to the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 28 verses 3 to 5 we read how he picked up some sticks to put on the fire and uh, I think he must have picked up a snake with the sticks and the, the snake came out out of the fire, latched onto him and uh, it had no effect whatsoever. He just dropped off into the fire and all the people marvelled uh, that he wasn't dead. So uh, that's one occasion when that was full, that, that, that happened. The other thing was um, drinking poison. Um, now, this is not something that we do deliberately. I, I, I just assure you of that. But, but I do know of a situation <clears throat> that happened on the mission field where one of the in, um, <clears throat> native pastors um, went to take the gospel to a particular tribe, the Tagal people in Sabah, and was apparently given, he was, he heard afterwards, was given poison uh, <clears throat> in the meal that was, was given him to eat, uh, but it had no effect. In fact, if I, if I understand rightly, that fact caused the people to begin to turn to Christ. Awesome. Well, we'll leave that with you to uh, 
to let your brain tick over on that one. But I wanted to finish this morning with um, what I think is an, a, such an important reminder with, with this, that as we are sent by Jesus to go into all the world to preach, to let his, uh, the, the miraculous work accompany that which we do, um, in Luke chapter 10, it's, it's a sort of a parallel passage of, the, of that happening earlier in Jesus' ministry. He sends them out, and, and they do really well. The disciples, it happens, and, and they come back. And you, you may remember this. They say, that it said, this is when he sends out the 72 of them, so quite a, quite a number. They returned, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Yes, we did it. And Jesus says, I, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And so, you know, th- this stuff can be kind of challenging for us to go into all the world and be resurrection people. It can be a, a, big, a, a, big, a big step of faith, even if we feel like the disciples who had very little faith right after the resurrection. But the thing that we rejoice in is not that we can or cannot do any of this. The thing that we rejoice in is that our names are written in heaven, those of us who have trusted in Jesus with our life. So that's a great reminder to go out on th- this morning, I think. Father, thank you so much for this time. And we pray that as we let your word sink into our hearts over the course of the rest of this week, uh, that it would come alive in us and that, Lord, indeed, we would see uh, what you, the commission that you gave to the disciples then would become the commission we are obedient to now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Bob, for joining us and thanks all for engaging in the discussion. hope it's been helpful. We're going to go to morning tea now and um, hope to see you back next Sunday.